This is 680-CJOB. Hi! Welcome to the Sports Show Podcast for November 28th. Christian O'Mal with you, of course. You can always check out the Sports Show every weeknight, 7 to 9 p.m. on CJOB. On this episode of the podcast, remembering former Blue Bomber Norm Rawhouse, who is also a local football coach for a long time. Greg Mackling, Will Wojtowicz, both coached by Norm Great conversation about what he was like as a coach. The Verdant Oil Caps. Hockey fights cancer. They'll be serving people at a restaurant in Verdant with proceeds going to cancer research. And the great shame of a premature celebration in the heart of college football in the States. That's all coming up on the podcast. Norm Rahas passed away at the age of 83 on Monday, the Kelvin grad and ex-Weston Wildcat, the CFL's West Division top rookie in 1956, and the Bombers' most outstanding Canadian in 1961. Norm played 12 seasons at safety and wide receiver for Winnipeg and blocked a punt that was pivotal in the Bombers winning the 1958 Grey Cup. Norm also spent a lot of time coaching in the Winnipeg area and joining the sports show now, Will Wojtowicz and Greg Mackling. And Will, we'll start with you. Uh, tell me about your experience with Norm. Well, to be fair, I think you should start with Greg because Greg had him first with the St. James Rods uh, back in the day, and I'll you know maybe I'll jump in with the the Bison experience. So, you know, okay. GMAC, you want to take this? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, well, uh, thanks for the opportunity, Christian. By the way, I, I I think when my dad realized that Norm Rawhouse was going to be the head coach of uh, of our uh, sixteen, uh, seventeen, eighteen year old team back in the mid 1980s I think my dad was more excited than I was because I didn't really know who Norm Rahas was didn't know who Gord Rowland was didn't know who Paul Decker were well they all played in the Canadian Football League they were all stars uh Paul Decker in fact played with the uh, NFL Washington Redskins and you quickly realize that these guys knew their football as well as anyone they were demanding they were fair uh, but overall, it was an experience that I'll, I'll never, ever forget playing for these gentlemen who who played the game at the highest level. And, uh, Will, I don't know if you had this experience yourself, but I can remember uh, one cold November afternoon, and Mr. Decker showed up with this crate of quilted Winnipeg Blue Bomber jackets. They were right from the... 1960s Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Norm and Gordy and uh, had saved these and it was something special to be playing in a playoff game and wearing the history of the Blue Bombers because the, the Bombers had won four Grey Cups in a row and and uh, Coach Rawhouse was a, a part of those teams so it was it was special to be associated with with, with Coach he was he was very direct he was very precise. He was respectful, and he was respected. I I couldn't agree more. And, and the thing with the respect with him, like, and you, you you took the words right out of my mouth with direct. Like you you knew where you stood with Coach Rawhouse. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. You knew immediately where you stood, and the man commanded immediate respect. There was no feeling out. There was no him earning your respect. The, the the man walked onto the sideline and, and automatically you knew that, you know, you're going to do what this guy told you and you'd, you'd probably be, be the better for it. Um, what's, what I certainly appreciated playing for him in college was, though, 
he was funny as hell. Like his one-liners <laughs> when he was coaching on the sidelines, like there's, they were just like, to this day. They, you know, some of them are certainly maybe a little inappropriate for this day and age, but my God, they were funny. Yeah, he was uh, he he was charming in a different kind of way. Will he? Uh, <laughs> because because well, you were he was, you're da- he was witty. You were, you were, like, you, go ahead. He he was witty. He was sharp. He um, you know, one of my favorite lines was you know you'd be doing a drill and somebody like a bystander would get too close and almost get in the way and he'd turn around and bark, you know, Macklin, get out of the way. You might hurt a good ball player. <laughs> I was remembering a time that I was doing running the gauntlet, and uh, well, I was a receiver, and I didn't really like to get my my shoulder down. I didn't really like to get uh, too dirty, in fact. And and he he just he stopped the drill, and it was basically the same thing: was Mackling, get your ass out of there, you're going to get killed. And uh, that's <laughs> just something about the way he said things uh, that that made you pay attention. They were profound in their own way, Christian. And uh, like I say, at the time, I don't know if, if enough of us appreciated who was calling the shots, uh, but his mili- military sort of style haircut. Uh, I can't believe I can't remember if it was Norm or Gord that would walk around with with a cigar and and bark out orders, but it it, it was right out of. You know, you know how the Hanson brothers talk about old time hockey. Yeah, it was old time football, and and we were we're we're better men for having played for Coach Rawhouse. Well, how much? Oh, Sorry, go ahead, Will. Well, without a doubt, and like another one of his lines was, you know, you'd you wouldn't be you kind of be arriving to a play late, and you'd get you know ear holed and knocked on your on your can, and you know he'd say something like, you know, you got to keep your head on a swivel, or you're going to be Selling pencils out of a tin cup at Portage in Maine in no time flat. <laughs> but yeah, when yeah, he, he had spoke, a way to paint a you picture, know, he listened. He he'd rip you apart if you deserved it, and then you know, you, just as when you thought that you know you're going to get cut or the man hated you or something, he'd say, "Come here," and he'd take you aside and work on something with you. I remember him taking me out before practice to work on certain aspects of my game, and you know. I will a lot a lot of respect for the man. Um, thrilled to have had the experience, and the guys, you know, to, to be taught by a legend like that, man, that was, that was something. So, Will, when you were being coached by Norm, was there an awareness of the football player that he was back in the day? You know, that's a great question because you certainly knew who he was, and you know what we haven't touched on, Greg, is his son Jason was a hell of a football player too. Uh, you know, at the time, in, in the mid to latter 80s of the Bisons, he was one of the few Canadians to go down and play in the East-West Shrine Bowl in the States. You know, Jason was no was no slouch as a ball player. Uh, you know, all Canadian with the Bisons. He, uh, you know, he was he was very good. I hated playing against him when he played with Greg with the Rods. Couldn't stand it. Loved having him as a teammate. And, you know, so we, we had his, his son there with us. So it was never in your face that, well, this is so-and-so. And never once did he say, well, I did this or I did that. Very humble. Very humble man. Yeah, J- Jason, I knew Jason in a different aspect as well. He he uh, dated uh, one of my best friend's uh, sisters. And Jason was, uh, I don't know if he was the antithesis of his dad, but it was, it was pretty darn close. Jason uh, 
was a solid citizen and one heck of a football player. And when you come from pedigree like that, it's no wonder. And so, yeah, I wanted to make sure it's on my, I made some notes here. I don't always do that, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned Jason as well. Well, because he was one incredible football player and, and more, more so uh, just really a, a great individual. It, it, it's so amazing just you know obviously on a day like today it's it's mixed emotions because you know these these individuals don't live forever Gordy Rowland just just passed away just uh, a few months ago and and uh, I, I found out about uh, Coach Rawhouse's passing uh, in the middle of the show this morning so I didn't really get a chance to to, re- to reflect on it and I've had the last few hours to think about this and yeah, it was really uh, the the word that keeps coming back to me is it was a genuine honor to play for coach. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. And you know, he is uh, Jason was well. He had three pretty good athletes in that family. I think uh, there was a sister Marnie that played bison level volleyball. Jay, of course, is an all Canadian. But I, I think he certainly learned that humility and humbleness from his dad because probably one of the funniest lines I've heard out of anybody was. Jason, as the head of Bison alumni, was introducing Israel Adonijah, you know, who obviously, you know, or as everybody knows, went on to play at the Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions. And he was up there introducing Izzy and was talking about everything they had in common. And he said, oh, we both played for the Bisons. We both played in the defensive line. We were both all Canadians. We both went to the Shrine Bowl. And neither of us played in the CFL was his, was his punchline because... <laughs> And it's just a, that self-deprecating kind of humor that, you know, you can only learn sometimes from a good teacher. All right. Yeah. Will Wojtowicz, Greg Mackling, I really appreciate you two joining the show and uh, sharing your memories of Norm. The Verdon Oil Capitals teaming up with Verdon Ford and Boston Pizza as they help raise proceeds for the Canadian Cancer Society in what has now become a yearly ritual. Hockey fights cancer month in November, serving at Boston Pizza as Verdon Oil Caps will be guest servers from 5 o'clock till 9 p.m. with 10% of all beverage sales during those hours going to the Canadian Cancer Society. Joining me now, J.B. Hodson, Director of Operations for the Oil Caps, as well as Ben Dalkey, Captain of the team. Gentlemen, thank you for joining the show tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me here. All right, I'll start with you, uh, Ben. What does it mean to take part in this initiative for you? Uh, It means a lot, you know, uh... Me and uh, all the guys as well are so grateful for the opportunity we're given to you know, live here in Verdon and play the game we love every day. And uh, it's just uh, it's good to give back and uh, show some gratitude and give back to the Kansas society like we're doing here. And Jamie, what is it when you see these young men going out in the community and doing this? Why is that important? Well, I mean, uh, as Ben said, we're, you know, we're very, uh, very blessed to play these young men to play in Burden and Southwest Manitoba. It's, uh, you know, just a great community, a great area of the province here. And, you know, everyone, you know, it's kind of goes without saying everyone is affected by uh, cancer in in one way or another, whether it's a family member or a friend or a teammate or, you know, whatever the case is. And I I think it's just, um, you know, our team's way to, to give back um, and uh, to include our fans and, and, and our organization be part of it. And it's really picked up steam here the last couple of years. So Jamie, tell me about how over the last couple of years, this has grown and become a, a tradition where people are looking to, I assume, want to give back to this cause. 
Well, uh, at the same time, I mean, hockey is something that uh, is just a way for, um, you know, people who have uh, suffered from this disease or, again, been a part of, uh, you know, a family member or friend. And, and hockey is just a great outlet to to build to, um, you know, to, to give back what they can do to, to fight this disease. And, and hockey is really, uh, in some way, is, is almost synonymous with the fight with cancer. And, um, you know, and our team is no different. We really try to grow um, to grow the, the the hockey fights cancer month in, in November, and um, it's it's just a great way to to kind of put the two together and use it towards the cause. And um, I think in in town here, and not unlike any other community in the province, but um, we have many great partners who have been a part of our team. And uh, Verdon Ford was a big part of our game the other night versus Steinbach, and and then Boston Pizza really picked up the the, the uh, charge this year with teaming up with us to uh, to do this event here tomorrow. So we really got to um, give a big thanks to Boston Pizza and Verdon as well. Ben, have you ever served in a restaurant before? Uh, I have not. I have uh, a lot of experience with uh, other people serving me in a restaurant, but I'm looking forward to my first chance to serve someone else. Right, then it makes you a little nervous about it? Uh, not too nervous yet, but uh, we'll see how it goes when uh, the day comes. How many of your uh, teammates are getting involved in this tomorrow? Um, there is around eight of us, I believe. We got some guys uh, serving you know, around the restaurants. We got guys doing takeout and delivery. Uh, they'll be out in the vehicle around town. And we have a bartender as well who uh, does have experience, actually. So uh, it'll be good to see him get behind the bar at Boston Pizza. Jamie, tell me about more about the game that you had last Friday with uh, 50-50 sales proceeds donated to the Cancer Society. Yeah, you know, all together, um, 50-50 was part of it. And then we had uh, um, special warm-up jerseys that we auctioned off, um, you know, Hockey Fights Cancer Month uh, um, jerseys in, in, in the purple color. And, um, you know, just again, the, the overall night uh, was, was well over $3,000 in, in total uh no total contribution and, and again it's it's really the fans and, and the individuals involved who you know um were part of the auction in the jerseys and the 50 50 and we had a great crowd and a very sentimental crowd and you know we we had a individual from 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 town here who was part of the opening face-off who's battling cancer herself right now and um so that really uh you know i think sparked uh I sparked the evening as well uh, for both teams and for everyone involved in the rink. So it was a, it was a great night altogether. And, um, you know, uh, to be uh, on top of that, to play against Steinbach and, you know, our uh, last year losing the final to him. So there's a lot of uh, emotion in the building as well. Start. Well, I'll do ask this to both of you. We'll start with you, Ben. Do either of you have a personal connection to cancer? Uh, yes. My, uh, Bill at mom's, uh, son had cancer and, uh, I've had, uh, aunts and uncles with cancer as well in the past. Jamie. Yeah. You know, I guess just, uh, family members uh, who have had to battle the disease or, or are battling the disease. So, um, you know, um, again, everyone in, in some way, shape or form has to, uh, has dealt with this in, in one way or another. Well, I think this is a great work that, the oil caps are doing best of luck tomorrow as people come by the Boston pizza there from five to 9 PM and uh, best of luck, Jamie and Ben. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for having us. All right. That's Ben Dalkey, the captain of the Verdant oil caps, as well as the director of operations for the team, Jamie Hodson.
And uh, as we go to break, I'll play this little uh, clip from a video they had on their website talking about how cancer affects them. And then we'll go to break and come back and talk about the Buffalo Sabres. Number 25, Mason Fisher. I fight for my dad. Number 19, Braden Plew. And I fight for my Uncle Roger. Number 24, Jaden Wojciechowski. And I fight for my Wawa. Number 29, Colton Kanaski. And I fight for my Ama. Number 15, Parker Brakeville, and I fight for my Aunt Stephanie. You're about to win the football game. Your players dose you with Gatorade. You think, oh, it's cold, but we won, so it's okay. But then, wait, you didn't win. And now I'm soaking wet. There's ice on the field. What are we going to do? This is exactly what happened Saturday night, LSU and Texas A&M college football in the States. LSU thought they had the game clinching pick, but there was a review and the A&M quarterback happened to have his knee on the turf before the ball was thrown. So they get a second chance and they tie the game on the final play of regulation. So to overtime they go with coach Ed Orgeron still soaking wet and probably a little sticky because this is in the southern U.S. And Gatorade, well, if you've ever been, ever spilled Gatorade on yourself or Powerade, any sugary drink, it's sticky. And it's all over his clothes because what's worse than going and getting soaked and not being able to take those clothes off? Well, not only did he have to sit through one overtime session, Two overtime sessions, because in college, it's kind of like the CFL where they just start at a certain point, go back and forth. But unlike the CFL, there are no ties. They go back and forth and back and forth. There's field goals, then touchdowns, then touchdowns that they don't get the two point conversions on and touchdowns. They do get the two point conversions on Orgeron. He's still soaked. Could they lose the game after getting the Gatorade shower in the seventh overtime? Seven. It happened. Mon looking that way. Got it. It's Rogers. The Aggies win the game of the year in the Southeastern Conference. AM wins 74 to 72 in seven overtimes. Crazy enough. But Orgeron has to sulk off to the locker room. He needs to change his clothes because they lost and he was soaked with sports drink. Embarrassing. That's why you make sure the game is over before you dump that ice bath on your coach. Those players should feel great shame. Time for a break. I need to get a drink of water. Gatorade. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes. This is 680 CJOB.